blockade is perfectly legal and we'd be happy to receive the ambassadors. <laughs> I forgot how long that quote was, sorry. <laughs> That's um, it's a good one though. Double the length. Double the length, yeah. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. Um, this is episode 36. My name is Roger Heathers and joining me as always is... The bloke on the other side of the room, Declan Kitchener. Hello! Hello! We're back with a roundup episode. There's no songs been written for this uh, this episode. We've done our series of seven. For anyone listening for the first time, we write a song in a week, and we do these things in rounds of seven, and we come to the podcast, and we share our songs with each other each week and take them apart. We've done seven weeks of this, and so now we're going to have a little break and uh, talk about the previous uh, episode. So. Yes. So we might as well jump in and um, let's jump straight in. Normally, what we do is we do like a list of like our favorite songs, our least favorite songs, and what we liked and what we didn't like. This week, we're just gonna. Uh, this time, we're just gonna go through it week by week and uh, just sort of see what happens out of the discussions. Anyway, um, and so should we just start with week one then? Let's do it. Feels weird to be sat so close to you. We're like kind of gathered around this piece of paper. I can smell you now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we sat so far apart. Exactly. Um, yeah, week one. Now, this uh, series of challenges, uh, this series of uh, weekly songs, we included challenges to ourselves uh, to include certain things. So, for example, writing with two time signatures or including a certain set of notes. Week one, we didn't have that idea. So um, we uh, just wrote these ones as we regularly would with no uh, starting influence. Uh, and the songs for this week were for Roger, Always in Review, and for me, GTFO. Mm. I'll leave you to decipher what that means. Yes, indeed. So, uh, what do you think of your song that week? I actually kind of like it. It feels odd that I wrote it at the start of this block of seven, because mm. it now it's now just one of the ones that I do at open mic nights and everything. Mm. And uh, I don't know. It feels like it's been in my set for longer than it actually has. Yeah, it's. Uh, I have one of mine like that, which I'll get to as we go through the weeks. But I know what you mean. It's like I'm so used to you playing the song. I'm like, oh, this must be like months old because you yeah. you play it and it's tight and you play it over mics and stuff. Um, I really like that song as well, GTFO, and it's. Uh, it actually starts off the theme that you and I both revisit quite a lot of um, getting out. Yeah, like uh, like uh, moving away from trouble and trying to find a new beginning. That pops up a lot over the course of the seven weeks, definitely in my songs. And mine, yeah. And that's yeah. both like physically moving to a different location and also like, you know, emotionally and uh, mentally as well, that sort of way. Yeah. I kind of want to record this one, but I want to do it like Frank Turner style. So like you've got an acoustic guitar at the heart of it, but there's a rock band playing around it. Mm. That would be a pretty cool way to do it. But... Um, it's a bit of a bit of a weird one in that it starts off piano and you could almost do it like um, an old jazz tune if you slowed it down and were actually good at singing it. I know what you mean, actually, yeah. This wasn't the one that was influenced by Billie Holiday, was it? Uh, Nina Simone. Nina Simone, sorry, yeah. It was a little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, I thought so. Yeah, I had those, those chords and that certain feel Yeah. in a way. Yeah, because I've just been listening to um, her debut album, Little Girl Blue, I think it is. What year did that come out again? 1959, I think. I know it's got a, it's got um, my baby just cares for me, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Such like a good baseline on that song. Yeah, one of my favorite, and just the chords are so intelligently constructed over that baseline. It's mm. really lovely. And she wrote that one, did she? Or is that like a is that like a standard? I think that was a standard, but she put her own spin on it. Mm. Well, hers is like the the one that everyone it's a, kind it's of a knows. It's a definitive one. Yeah, definitive. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, um, but yeah, GTFO. I really like that song. Yeah. 
mind you, always in review is a cracker as well. I like the sort of old timey feel you got on that one. Like it feels almost like classical music, the way some of the chords move and everything, mm. which uh, I really kind of like as a texture. And I hope that you put it on something like an album or an EP. Mm. Uh, it's de- I, I, I put it up there with like, because I was saying to you before we started the show, I think my songs diminished in quality. No, I'm not like putting it down or anything. Like, I like the songs, but I feel like I started fairly strong. With Always in Review, yeah, it's definitely got that kind of like classical, uh, like almost Bach feel where you're kind like, of going like... Like I can hear like a string quartet behind it or something. Like, um, mm. or like Eleanor Rigby, where you've only got the string quartet in your voice and maybe one or two other rock elements. That'd be kind of cool, actually. That'd be fun. Now uh, you just need to find a string quartet. Oh man, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> I end up getting my own violin and trying to play my own stuff very badly and having to like auto-tune it and stuff. But um, yeah, always in review. I mean, it's a weird song because it doesn't have a chorus. It's just verses with a um, a refrain at the end of each verse, the always in review thing. Yeah, which is a valid songwriting technique. So uh, I can't remember what's... I'm trying to think of examples of songs it's used on. Always a Woman by uh, Billy Joel. Was oh, yeah, you, you were saying that was influencing you that week of writing it. Mm, I was listening to Billy Joel. I looked through all the old episodes of the podcast, not the old ones, this this series, to see what we were listening to at the time as well. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting to see how the songs took form. But there was uh, Billy Joel one, there was another one, which I can't remember, but definitely that thing of like where the chorus doesn't happen but it's just like it all rhymes and rhymes and rhymes and rhymes and rhymes and then it's the thing where you get like the drunk people in the pub just going this is, this is always in review see I know the words <laughs> yeah. it's always the same with Mrs. Robinson whenever I play that live as well yeah. the Simon and Garfunkel one um, this is Robinson <laughs> <Whoa, uh-oh. laughs> yeah. but we've all been that person yeah, we've all been the person playing the song and thinking, God, I hate these people. <laughs> <laughs> we love you people, really. We love you. But um, anything else you'd like to add on our non-challenge week, the first week of the series? I don't know. It's, um, it's interesting thinking about like not having that jumping off point. And uh, in later weeks, there will be occasions where we would come up with similar ideas uh, of what to do with uh, certain bits that we had to include. Mm, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see that we came up with two such different songs just left to our own devices. Definitely. It's um, something that uh, makes me want to say maybe not do the challenges every time, but like every other season or something. That sounds like a good idea, because I don't know about you, but I found it difficult this time. Yeah, by the end when we were getting into the really complex stuff. Like, it's difficult to think of challenges, and then once we thought of the challenges, it was uh, difficult to implement them. Yes, exactly, especially... Which which we'll get to via week seven. Week seven seven was the hardest week for both of us, I'm going to say, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, week one was nice. I mean, it's kind of nice actually to start with like a blank slate, right, however you want, there's no challenges, there's no anything like that. It's kind of nice. We both had quite a strong week that week. Mm. Like, uh, but I was listening back to uh, some of like our recordings of them, and it's weird to see how much tighter you get them over seven weeks when oh. you start playing them over and over and over again. Definitely, I listened back to like me doing it, uh, uh, doing GTFO on the guitar, and thinking like I can do better than this. Yeah. But then, obviously, at the time, we've mentioned this before, but it is always a point worth restating. We give ourselves a week to write. That means our rehearsal time is severely limited. 
Mm. And, you know, particularly in my case, like, I don't have the best voice in the world, so my uh, the recordings don't always come over the best. Mm. But then we're not the performance podcast, we're the songwriting podcast. Exactly. And that used to be a real bugbear of mine, the fact that I like my, and like yourself, I like my songs to be well-performed. And the fact that we come here sometimes, I listen back to my performances and I go, oh man, that's just... But then I've kind of come to peace with that because it's almost like we're sketching out something and we're showing somebody the sketch as opposed to it being like, here's my it's not masterpiece. Stu- it's not studio ready and it's not like, a, you know, you can, you can have ideas for other things to do with the song, like orchestration or band parts or like other things like that, other ways to develop the song, but you just don't uh, have the capacity to implement them when you have to write it in a week and you only have one person performing it. Yeah. Exactly, and um, it, is, it is funny though, I'm, I'm just restating what you said, but in fact you listen back to your old recordings of it, maybe on your phone, it's the very first one, you're like, why aren't you playing like the right rhythm, or like, why are the words so all over the place rhythmically, and things like that? Well, so I always make memos on my phone when I'm uh, in the middle of writing, and then you'll listen back to like the first memo of four when you're writing them, with the fourth one being basically the finished song. Mm. You'll listen to the first one, and it's just like yourself noodling on guitar or piano, and you'll spot like four bars of what went into the song. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just jamming away, and you think, oh, why didn't you just cut all that stuff out and focus on that? Because that bit was good. Yeah, definitely. But it, it is kind of nice in a way. Once you get some distance from the actual recording, no, sorry, not the recording, the um, the writing of the thing, it's kind of nice to look back at your process and go, ah, oh, that was like the seed of it. And uh, to see those initial sketches, it it's all part of the process, I guess. Yeah, it's also a good marker to uh, judge how far you've come and everything. Like, Because you may think mm. nothing's changed, but like I say, I've been performing this song for about seven weeks now. Mm. And uh, when I came back... Uh, to listen to it, I'd realised I'd got it much, much tighter. Mm. Which is always a nice thing to realise, that you are improving. Definitely, because like you say, from moment to moment you don't actually feel like it, but then you take a look at most recent one and most... uh, The first one. I was about to say ancient, the most ancient one. The most ancient one. (laughs) Oh, that's seven weeks ago. Back when I was a younger man with more vigour and vim. And more hair. Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's all we have to say on week one. It's just nice, strong songs. It's nice to have those sometimes. And now we get to week two, and the challenges are introduced. Yeah, I think, was it, um, it was a guy called Dave at the famous Bower Open Mic Night in Penryn. That's right, yeah. Who said, oh, you should set yourself a challenge, like you have to include, uh, include this chord or this line or something. Yeah. And, uh, I think... We started out as we meant to go on with the challenges, which uh, for this week it was trying to include the line, yes, but we beat the shit out of the deaf and blind school yes. in the lyrics. Which um, you did that really well, and you managed to include it basically vertibin, uh, like uh, as whole, whereas I had to break it up and everything. Yeah, I, I, is... I definitely tried to do that, because I mean... I mean it, it was a difficult one. Did you walk away like thinking like, what the hell am I going to do with this? <laughs> I, I think I did, but at the same time, I have the advantage, and my songs are, I think it's fair to say, like a little bit more like psychedelic than yours from time to time. Yes. So I I was like, okay, this is an outside of the remit of what I might do, but it's just the violence of the line. Whenever I play it still, I'm like, because my line is, we always beat the sh- living shit out of the students at the deaf and blind school. And, and you, uh, yeah. You, you uh, put that in there as like a hypocrite. Uh, hypocritical statement mm. uh, from one of the characters in your song. Mm. Whereas uh, I broke it up to when life beats the shit out of you and you'd have to be deaf and blind not to notice that this is true and everything. Mm. Like, uh, I think, did you uh, 
did you put the lyric in afterwards? Or did you, like, incorporate it into the song as you were writing it? Because I definitely shoved the line in there afterwards. Afterwards. I did it as I was writing. Yeah. Because I had my first verse and I liked all the melodies and rhythms and everything. By the way, we're talking about um, Supercomputer slash Emily the Healer for me and the only ones for Declan. Yeah, we should have mentioned that, maybe. Um, <laughs> so we're not actually going to, like, pl- unless we're, like... It comes to us and we feel like it. We're not going to like play each song as it goes, so you can definitely check these out on um, on the previous episodes and on my SoundCloud you can hear mine. Yeah, the previous seven regular episodes will have all of these uh, songs on them. Mm, that's right. And for anyone who's followed the, the things, you'll know what we're talking about anyway. But um, but yeah, it, it's funny how we, we attacked that challenge in a different way. Um, you know, both equally valid, but like, yeah, I don't know. It was, it's strange how like you divided yours up and kind of used it in a different context. I like that. Yeah, I think this is also probably the song where we wrote the most different songs still having the challenge element in there. Yeah, true, actually. I'd be fair to say, because they do get a bit more similar as the challenges became more specific. Mm. Like, you know, we never wrote identical songs, but there are always like, elements that are the same between them. There were points later <clears> on where, because the challenge was, for example, to include a series of notes that both had to both had to be the same intervals for us, we were looking forward to hearing each other's rendition of that. Yeah, but then we were listening out for the bits where it was the same and everything. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, Supercomputer Emily's a Healy, you started playing that a lot more live as well. Yeah, that's my favourite song from this run. Uh, so I guess we should point out our favourites too. That's my favourite of mine from this run. And uh, yeah, I, I like you with um, GTFO. I play this one at open mics quite a lot of the time, and it's gotten, like you said, with GTFO tighter as a result. Um, I I really like the song. I, I you know I, I quite like the way it moves along. It's quite ballady and stuff, and you know how I like my ballads. So I think this is my joint favorite. This and Untitled Number Four. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, um, let me think what it was with the thing. The main thing I think of when I think of this week was just the challenge we both had to get in. Yeah. Like, the songs came out good as well. Like, I think we both had a relatively quite consistent run. Yeah. Um, despite what I just said about mine kind of diminishing. Um, but Which yeah. I disagree with. Well, thank I feel you. you had a consistent run all the way through. I think I feel like you had a consistent run all the way through. Oh, thank you. That's okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else to say about week two. Yeah, uh, I... Uh, it, Marked, I was definitely trying to get stuff out of my regular comfort zone because I noticed in the past I was writing very similar songs so I was definitely writing this one with more of a shuffle to try and ease myself out of whatever comfort zones I get myself into. Mm. So uh, that was something that tended to happen a lot more in this run. I was trying to write different songs. I think I'd say the same for myself, which is difficult because we both have the challenges to begin with, and I think we were both challenging ourselves to go to, beyond that anyway. Yeah, to get out of our comfort zones. Mm. Um, with um, The Only Ones, I can't quite remember all the lyrics. Were there moments where you touched on that sort of, like, uh, moving away and uh, starting anew uh, stuff, or...? Uh, no, actually. that's a, I think that is basically the one song uh, in this run that in no way references that idea. I think these two were the only ones <laughs> um, for for me and you as well that we didn't touch on that stuff. Like mine doesn't touch on that stuff either. Like in GTFO, it's all right there in the lyrics. I've got to get away. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> the first lyric and the title. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so for me and for you, that wasn't really the theme, but you'll see, like, later on. Uh, it, it comes up a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, you got to bear in mind as well, like, I don't know if we kind of explicitly said on the podcast, we're, we're like, moving to a new city, like, we're starting a new and everything at the end of this year, so literally throughout the episodes we're getting closer and closer to a uh, a moving date yeah so, yeah so that is naturally going to bleed into every single one of our songs <laughs> and it did it did yeah it really big time did. uh i think that would be my biggest weakness of the whole run is that all the songs are more or less about the same thing with a couple of mm. exceptions yeah me too I, i'd say that's the same for me um i wish i had a kind of what i've done in previous series um of songs is I've kind of touched on a lot of different things. Mm. And with this one, I didn't so much. Um, well, I, for me, like, each series... I tend to just write about what's on my head rather than any sort of uh, deliberate going away into different areas and things. So I think the last season, most of my songs were about the same thing. Mm. And then uh, in this season, most of them were about the same thing, but a different same thing to what it was last time. Sure. So, uh, but then that's just what happens when you write a song in a week. You uh, either have a week full of experiences, so you write new material, or you, you know, as happens to almost every single person on the planet, you have a week that is more or less the same as the ones around it. Hmm. So your songs end up being more or less about the same thing. It's just unavoidable when you write in that style. Definitely. Like you would need to write about either other artwork, other events, or like um, uh, fictional characters or things like that to uh, move beyond that which I'm not very good at. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the difference I've noticed between your, your writing and my writing, is you'll often write quite explicitly about things that are going on, like you say, week to week in your life, yeah. which really works for a weekly song podcast. Whereas what I've kind of, and I've only, only noticed about this about myself recently, is I'll write in terms of like small events, often over the course of one song, I'll have like a few little things. Like I'll kind of notice one moment that, strikes me in some way and like I'll have these little vignettes that I'll sort of like put throughout a song that can be a character mostly it's a real thing that's happened to me like you know like the the weirdest lyrics I've got are actually things that I've seen um so I'll just kind of put those things in but it's kind of more observational songwriting Mm. whereas like um when I got into songwriting I was massively influenced by um Frank Turner who's very emotional and like very um blunt in his records about mm. what you know he's writing a song about sometimes uh or like the emotion that he's feeling but particularly Def Havana like um you know they don't write uh catch-all songs for everyone they write very specifically about the things that have happened to them mm. but they write about the emotions that made them feel rather than uh like uh detailing the events so it's specifically their emotions but because it's their emotions from deep within their own heart Mm. that uh, sort of feeds massively into the emotional impact of the songs, which is something I've tried to do and failed. But uh, I don't think hopefully so. I'm getting better at it. I, I definitely think so. See, whereas I come from the background of, like, um, uh, Elliot Smith is the one that comes to mind the most, um, who is a very emotional songwriter, but doesn't kind of go, this happened and this happened and this is how we feel. But he's very emotional. He'll kind of, like, use these little windows into... A moment and you go I kind of see what he was feeling there and then like later on he'll describe it much more vividly from an, the inside out if you see what I mean it's like symbolism as opposed to naturalism right yeah so like uh, using something else to convey meaning uh, that it may not normally be intended to as opposed to writing uh, 
as realistically as you possibly can. Both are equally valid approaches and bands can do both. Like the Beatles are rightly regarded as some of the best songwriters in the business, but uh, you know, it's you tend to fall into one camp or the other. I think so, yeah. And like you say, they're both valid. I think as long as you are expressing yourself. Yeah. I think sometimes the weakest songs I've written have been the ones where I haven't expressed something about myself. Or like you amp something out uh, like a tiny feeling up into so big a proportions that it becomes cartoonish and uh, you don't feel really the emotion of the song. Yeah, exactly. I think I had that with, and we will get to the later weeks, but Untitled Number 5, which was my most recent one, I was like, uh, yeah, like you say, I just uh, caric- uh, caricature caricatured my own feelings and I was like talking about them in the last episode I really listened to it and I was like, I don't know. I don't identify with this really. Like I kind of was just writing for the sake of writing. I suppose it's because I had the challenge in mind yeah. more than my actual trying to express anything lyrically. Well, it's interesting you say that because I will be re-mentioning that when we get to the song we've got to take apart later. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. But I'll leave that one there. Shall we move on to week three? Week three. Which was, the challenge this week was to include a series of notes, which was, um, I think... That series of notes, but obviously, however we wanted to include it and in whatever key. And the two songs we came up this week were We're Ridiculous and Conceal. Mm. Which I think tended to be, I think this is probably about as close as our songs got to sounding quite similar. Yeah. Because we, yeah. both, we both hit upon the idea of using it as the riff. Mm. But whereas I, this is going to be in a different key now, but whereas I hit upon the idea of doing it... <laughs> Whereas I use it as a rock riff, you used it as a piano riff. A little bit like this. But we're going between the same chords on those ideas. Mm. Which is, um, it was funny to hear, like, because obviously we don't hear each other's songs until we step into this room this and, room and record. Yeah. Exactly, so I was kind of like watching you play, like, that's so interesting that they're kind of made of the same DNA, in a sense indigestion um and uh yeah i mean that was such a strange week for us um but conceal is my favorite of your songs this run oh really well it's it's a draw between conceal and redmond barry um you know how much i've loved that <laughs> whooping at the end of your performance <laughs> last week um but yeah conceal i really like it's uh it's a really strong one ah thank you it was um again i was trying to write a riff song because i hadn't written one of those in a very long time mm. So it was uh, just trying to uh, do a bit more rock writing because I realised most of my writing had got chord based and that's fine and everything. You can put riffs on afterwards, but it doesn't really feel integral to the nature of the song sometimes if you do that. Mm. So uh, that was the idea of like, well, I've been given these notes. Let's just make them a riff anyway. Yes. Which I think must be a similar experience to what you had. Well, sort of. I mean, like... I think that's something you're quite good at is like making it so that notes you can put a series of notes into an actual guitar riff and I'm not very good at that kind of thing so with me I was just like what what chords can I put underneath these notes and what will they fall on you know to make them sound good mm. um so mine wasn't so much a riff as just kind of like uh, what will give this more context what what can I build around the melody mm. in order for it to work but um yeah I like We're Ridiculous. I want to do something with that at some point. It'd be good to hear it as like a sort of ballady kind of thing. It'd be quite cool. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I think uh, the theme of moving on and moving away rears its head in Conceal because uh, it's about moving on from the past and being honest with people and moving on to a new version of the truth. Yes. He said pretentiously. Um, <laughs> I won't go into it much more than that, but, you know, it is about moving from one state of affairs to a more honest state of affairs. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be too... I don't want to create too tenuous a link between our songs each week, but I can kind of relate to that with mine. Um, We're Ridiculous is basically about... It's kind of like the beginning of the next few weeks where I'm kind of looking at my own habits and kind of going, a lot of these actually don't serve me at all. And going like, this thing I keep on perpetuating and doing for myself isn't really an honest representation of who I am. And it's ridiculous that I am doing this over and over again and it's not serving me at all. So it's kind of, again, like yours, moving from an old way of doing things to a new way of doing things. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, like, just that our heads are so much in the same... But then again, we hang out a lot and we talk a lot and we've got, yeah. you know, we've got this move planned and everything, so... Exactly. Our lives are definitely in synchronicity in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it is funny. I mean, but the thing is, like, that's the thing. If you give, if you give your mind two uh, pieces of information, it will kind of link some of the things together. So there's that element, too. Like, you look at any two songs here and you go, oh, they share these two things in common because our minds like to join the dots. So there's an element of that. But yeah. for sure, we were writing about the same stuff, I think. And it helps that our minds work, if not the same, in very similar ways. Mm. Yeah, I think they work in very similar ways, but from very different angles, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Which is um, interesting. It's interesting. 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 Right, so uh, moving on to week four, which was um, when we had Chris on as a guest. That was the time signature episode, wasn't it? Yeah, the challenge was to write in multiple time signatures. Mm. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, And we did. Yeah. Quite quite stupidly, I decided to write in 5-4. But again, this was me trying to get out of... Because I've written basically every song I've written since, um, I think, 2013 mm. has been in 4-4. Four, four. Mm. Uh, at time of recording, we're in 2017, so that's four years. Mm. So I was desperate to try something else rather than just stick, like, 4-4 um, four, four and then an alternate timing in there. I wanted to write in something difficult. Yeah, you went really in the deep end, I think, yeah. with this one. Well, I wanted to write in 7, but then I couldn't get my piano to metronome to 7. <laughs> so I ended up writing in 5 because my piano could do that, which ended up being why I had the... And again, I was trying to write more riff-based stuff, so it ended up being... <laughs> Mixed in with the free four of the. Uh, it's it's a great song. I think for me this is there's got to be the second place winner for my favorites of yours. Uh, it's just I said this at the time on on the show. I'm trying not to repeat things I said back then, but it's one of those riffs, and they're very rare. There's a very small handful of them that work in an alternate type signature groovily. Yeah, I it's one that I want to do with a band once I can convince them to count to five. Mm. Uh, and once they get a band together uh, but like, I think I've been listening to the new Queens of the Stone Age record that week so I was trying to go how weird can I make this and it still works <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but that week you had uh, Ginny as well which was a Ginny. fantastic song well Ginny was one where I can really identify with the way you write which is often you'll write and you'll have kind of an idea of um, 
the, what the band would be doing around it. Mm. And so I wrote that song and I liked it enough that just after we recorded that episode, I booked some studio time, went in and recorded drums and bass, and then uh, went home and recorded guitars and vocals. Uh, and after we edited last week's podcast, you put some more guitars on and now it's an actual full rock band song. It does sound pretty damn cool. And, uh, uh, it's going to be on Winter Tape 6, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Winter Tape 6 comes out on December 26th, Boxing Day, do get it because it sounds really cool. Yeah, so far so good. Um, but <laughs> it was quite nice to kind of go, I'm going to write this song and then record it fully. And I did. And uh, But it's nice to hear you do like proper full-on hard rock. Because uh, mm. like, I, I love like everything you do because I'm pretty much your number one fan but I do love it when you go full on rock this is why I love Winter Mm. Tape 5 so much like uh, it feels like a rock EP like a blueprint for things to come yeah definitely I mean I've always had that in my it's always been in your repertoire like you said you started off with like slightly more punkish bands and everything didn't you yeah I've been through a few weird phases like when I started off I was like into 70s classic rock and then I went to sort of like 80s and 90s punk Um, but yeah it's definitely still there but um yeah, I usually go for the ballads, but it was nice to kind of go full on with Ginny. And it's funny how with, um, you said your riff was quite influenced by Queens of the Stone Age. Um, Ginny was basically my version of, um, uh, uh, what the hell is it called? Walk? No, no, um, Billionaire, um, from, uh, Songs for the Deaf. Oh, the first track on that. Yeah. Um, I wanted an opener that was something akin to that. Yeah. Um, what the, what's the full name of that song again? Uh, you say I'm worth nothing, but I feel like I'm a million bucks or something. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I can, I can get it on my phone if we're feeling pedantic enough. Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's funny how we were both influenced by Queens that week. Yeah. Um, but then you said you, there was also a slight Foo Fighters influence as well. Yeah, definitely. There's, um, there's a part on, uh, well, like, basically the outro of the song, which is also, um, foreshadowed at the beginning... Um, where I kind of do this thing that's just like walk, um, where I've just kind of got this one high note that's being screamed uh, in a certain rhythm that's very much like Foo Fighters walk. Again, interesting you mentioned the Foo Fighters. That will come up later in my song dissection later. Mm. Mm. I don't know. What, well, we don't know what each other's songs are, do we? No. I don't know if I've dissected mine before. I really hope not. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's looking back, like thinking like, uh, okay, I've got all of these songs. Which ones haven't been done on the podcast? Yeah, and a surprising number have because we do this every week. Yeah, which is really quite strange. Like most of my catalogue is weekly songs now. Yeah, me too. Well, actually, yeah, it's, it's getting up there. Getting well, this is there. this is why you originally started, wasn't it? To get you more songs to do on EPs and albums and things. Wasn't exactly. It? And um, it's nice. It's nice to have this these bunch of songs. It's really like a really satisfying feeling at the end of like a certain run. To look back and go, wow, seven songs, cool. Yeah, I'll keep maybe two or three of them. (laughs) But like that feeling of like, I wouldn't have done this otherwise. Like I would have just maybe slacked off this week and maybe written differently that week. I don't know, but just the fact that we, I feel like it's one of those things like a commitment thing, like we're kind of running partners and we're meeting every morning on the corner. If one's not there, you let the other one down. Yeah. So we have to write or else you come to the podcast with nothing. It's also good practice, like in terms of, you know, I think if some miracle, by some miracle, a record executive listened to the podcast, phoned us up and said, you've got 24 hours to write a hit song, mm. I reckon you and I could both probably do it. I don't know about a hit song, but well, maybe. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah. just an easy pop song, but like mm. with interesting chords and words and everything. I agree, yeah. 
it is nice that challenge whereas like whereas some people would really struggle and uh, like it's just forcing ourselves to get better he I mean, said self-congratulatory I mean to continue to continue the self-congratulatory thing like well not really I'm just joking but um, I don't know if you ever get this but people always go how do you write a song in a week I couldn't do that and like the answer is I couldn't do that before I started doing it. It's just the practice. Yeah, you sit down and you write and you panic and you stress and all your hair falls out and then you write a song. <laughs> yeah. Covered in hair. Yeah. <laughs> but you this write was... a song covered in hair. But this is uh, the week we had Chris on as well, uh, which he wrote oh, yeah. out on a limb, which had like, I think, was it at least four time signatures? One of them was like four and a half time. Well, like, he had all those time signatures and he had freeform time as well. Yeah. Like... That was one hell of a song. That was really good. Yeah, it does slightly make you feel inadequate when the guest comes on they do a better job of it than you. <laughs> I mean, at least, having said that, at least he closed out that show. Yeah. Like, because usually the guest goes first and he was like, I want to go last. And if he'd have gone first, I'd be like, oh, what am I supposed to do now? I can't follow that. <laughs> so it was kind of good that he went last. But um, yeah, that's uh, Lunacy. Uh, Lunacy, Chris Baker. You oh, can find him Chris. on SoundCloud. And does he have a band camp? Uh he doesn't have a band camp as far as I know, but he does have lunacy.co.uk, which links uh, directly to his website, and he's got all his EPs and stuff up there. So check that out. That's pretty cool. He's really good. He's like, if you're into Sufjan Stevens or anything, he's kind of got like a similar feel to that. Just like really cool, compositionally done compositions. Compositionally done compositions. There we go. <laughs> Fantastic. Maybe a title. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, anything you can think to say about week four? Uh, no. <laughs> Not me neither. Not that I can think of, no. Good week, though. Good week, yeah. Two great songs. One of which I wish I could... Uh, which, uh, one of which I wish I could play uh, on my own in, like, an open mic situation. That's a difficult sentence to say. And a difficult song to play. Uh, week five, we had our good friend Matt Partridge from Majaro on, and we had a quote we had to get in from uh, a Michael Moore book. We just went through, randomly selected a line, and the line was, now a zen-like Native American takes, takes on the local town. I am really annoyed at that challenge, because that is basically <laughs> one of your uh, lyrics anyway. I had to work <laughs> so hard to try and get the bits of it in. Well, because I knew it was going to be such a, a lyric that slots into my songs, what I did that week is I, I put all the lyrics down the side of the page and the margin, one per line, and then each song now was a lyric now, do-do-do-do-do, a, do-do-do-do-do, zen, do-do-do-do, and yeah. did it that way. Which is a more, it's a more involved way of uh, creating the challenge and everything, fulfilling the conditions of the challenge. Mm. But yeah, I knew it would be easy, so I wanted to be like, I wanted to challenge myself a little further. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then, um, <laughs> Matt was, Matt really took me aback, because he did, um, a song, Transcendental, which was, um, like, funny. Yeah. I didn't expect to do a funny song. I'm annoyed, because I wanted to be the first one to do, like, a funny song on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't see that, because he, like, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know his music, and you should, it's majaro.bandcamp.com, it's, um, it's usually, like, grungy, cool, Queens of the Stone Age, like, stoner rock stuff. Like, Nirvana, Queens of the Stone Age, like, uh, that really sort of heavy, weird, but cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, kind of, like, angular riffs and stuff, but he came, and he played, like, almost, like, a Western-style song, like, that we, I said to him at the time, it's like a theme for, a, like, a 1960s Western movie. 
And uh, yeah, it was a good song as well, but it just made me laugh the whole time. It's just really yeah, funny. It's just not what we were expecting, but it was really, really cool. Yeah. And um, what was your song called again that week? Momentum. Momentum. Now, if I'm completely honest, I can't completely remember how it went. Could you remind me? Uh, I've listened to all these since, but I, I think that. It was the one that had the riff in the verses, which went. I'm having to change the key because I've got this detune for something. Cool. Which is me trying to write a Foo Fighters song again, like um, particularly in that chorus, like the sort of slow build up with the. <laughs> Which I can't do at the moment, but it entered into like the. Uh, like... Just ringing out as many strings as you can. Kind of like learn to fly type of thing. A little almost. bit of a. We love you, Dave. We love you, Dave. Um, did you uh, did you say at the time that you had to like cram the Zen like line in at the last minute or something? Well, it's a bit of an odd one because I got the um, music kind of quick, mm. and then. Uh, I text you saying, I've got the music but no words, I'm going to stop for the night. Then um, as I was entering back into the house mm. after writing uh, that bit, I suddenly had the idea of how to fit in Zen like Native American into the second half of the chorus. Mm. Then I just wrote the rest of the words in the next half an hour, worked out how to sing them and sent you a text 45 minutes later saying, right, I've got the whole song now. <laughs> That's <laughs> which, kind of cool. Which is a bit of an odd one. But again, it's about uh, trying to go on to a new place and trying to get away from things that are holding you back. Yeah. And uh, I think both of us were quite explicit that week about that topic of what you just said. Um, mine's in the land of the rentless. Yeah. And um, it's about basically Bart Simpson getting his own factory and, ha and owning his own place to live. Like, imagine the freedom of that, having your own I remember place. you saying that at the time. And, uh, yeah, just in the land of the rentless and... Uh, don't know, it's almost a song about worrying about moving away, in a, in a sense. But then we've had all this before, haven't we? Like, um, you've mentioned things like that in Clover, where you skip forward into the future and, uh, you know, where you've moved away to a different town, you've still got your worries and everything. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we've both used it at other points in other of our songs, but I can't remember all of them <laughs> yeah. at this very moment. It's time. really hard to, like, remember the details of songs looking back, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's odd, because we get used to this pattern of... Um, we write uh, a song and we only have to remember the details of it for a week. Mm. So, like, going back to GTFO, I was thinking, like, what on earth do I have to say about this? Like, this was years ago. And not only that, but what do you have to say about it that you haven't already said to you yeah, that's on the th podcast? That's the thing. We're trying our best not to repeat ourselves, which is always a bit of a challenge with uh, these Roundup episodes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think... This week was the week where the challenge was the least intrusive for me. How do you mean? Well, in terms of, like, it just felt I was writing my own song and I didn't have to, uh... 
Uh, I didn't have to... I wasn't struggling to get what I needed to do in. Mm. Uh, whereas other weeks, I've, uh, you know, I felt a bit uh, strung up by the fact that I needed to get certain things in there. This week was probably the easiest week for me to do it. I can definitely see that. Same for me, yeah. Wait, what was... Have we mentioned what the challenge was? We have, of course we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Then, like, Native American takes uh, on the local town. I must say the lyrical ones were the easiest for me. Like, the other ones were, like, actually compositional challenges, where the lyric ones are just, like you got to get this in somewhere. which It's almost more like of a novelty than it is a challenge. And it was yeah. challenging as well, but yeah. Well, it depends on how you write as well. Like we were saying earlier, like, um, I, whereas you can be a bit more uh, vague in your lyrics and a bit more symbolic, I tend to not be. Mm. Like I tend to write in imagery, I tend to write in how I'm feeling. So including lines like Zen, like Native American takes on the town. <laughs> Uh, is a bit more of a challenge for me. But it's all in this week that it just didn't feel too much like a challenge. Once I got that line, everything was sorted. Yeah, and that's the... I mean, we said this last episode as well, but that's the funny thing with, with challenges. Like, we might stay in the same sort of remit of what we'd write, like, were it not for the challenges, but with the challenges, you stretch this way, which might be more comfortable for you than me, and then we stretch this way, which might be more comfortable for me than you. And it just expands the way we write, which is obviously the point. Well, this is the whole point of writing the weekly song challenge, is um, that uh, hopefully it gets us out of our comfort zone because we've got to come up with something new every week. Mm. Whereas if we only had to write, you know, when, and if we feel, uh, felt like it, there's a danger that we would just be writing the same songs, just with slightly different chords and not mm. trying new things. It makes you very self-aware, I think, as well. Like Because we have to have this conversation as part of the roundup episode in, in each week, Like I've discovered the tropes I tend to go back to and like the clichés I use, yeah, which I wouldn't have known. Exactly the same with me, too. Like Particularly on things like my piano playing, I've learnt uh, strengths of mine and weaknesses of mine and what I'm trying to do to get out of them. Mm, which we wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. So, yay for the podcast. Hooray for self-improvement and pain. <laughs> And self-improvement. And pain. (laughs) Shall we week six? Week six, yes. Uh, This week was Footprint in the Dust for me, and it was untitled number four for Roger, which, like I said before, it's my joint favourite song, along with... uh, uh, It was Supercomputer, wasn't it? Mm, Yeah. yeah. Um, So the challenge this week was another randomly generated series of notes, which was... And we could change the, the key or the modulation or anything like that that we wanted, but we had to include those notes in that order. And as opposed to the last time we did this, which was concealing We're Ridiculous, we came up with very different ideas of how to do it. Because once again, I put that into my main riff for the chorus. Mm. But you just put that into like a ghost note and like um, like this flick at the beginning of a song. Yeah. Which are really outside like your normal style, like this sort of like hyper-energetic almost jazzy sort of piano yeah and um we've spoken about how we've tried to like challenge ourselves even outside of the um the challenges that we set ourselves like timing and lyrics and stuff like that so i wasn't trying to challenge myself with this i was like okay i'm gonna try and write a song that i could normally write um but when i went to write the first thing that came out of my fingers was some jazz yeah it's odd when that happens like you start you sit down to write and then you suddenly come up with a different uh, genre that you're used to and you think, let's go with this this week. Let's see where this happens. Yeah. Let's see where this takes me. So I just jazzed all over the place. Beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a title. <laughs> oh, no. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I like Untitled Number Four, and I like Footprint in the Dust. Um, I think I think apart from the song that happened next week, that's my most in jokey referency song in terms of referencing another Doctor piece of Who, art. Right? Yeah, there were like at least two Doctor Who references in there. It's all free, actually. I think it is kind of cool when like. Um, I'm not saying this is something that is um, completely unique to me, and certainly not, but I like it to see when we take on each other's songwriting traits a little bit. Like when yeah. you use maybe some uh, literary references or something like that, and maybe when I use more riff-based stuff, like we kind of take on each other's writing style. Like that has... Literally, we've had an episode in the past where I think, what would Roger do? That was the title of the episode. Like, right. I think that more than I like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do the same sort of thing with Ginny. I was thinking, like, what would Declan do riff-wise here? Or, like, what sort of uh, section would a band do if this was Declan's band playing around him? Yeah. So, um, but it's, it's cool. I mean, it, it's also with the guests as well. Like, it's always astounding to me how unique other writers are to each other. Yeah. Um, and when they might... When you might do, like, a minor chord there, they might do this sort of weird major inversion. I'm like, what are you doing there, you know? And, like, that's always an interesting thing to bear in mind. Hmm. I totally agree. But, um, can't really think of anything to actually say about this song. Um, apart from it touches on the... For mine, and title number four, it touches on the same themes of moving away, um, but from a more jaunty, upbeat, finger-clicking angle. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um... Yeah, I think with my one, I was beginning to realise that I was maybe retreading the same ground a lot. So mm. I was deliberately trying to do, like, the dual uh, character perspective thing, like, have one person want to go away and one person wondering why they went away. Very cool. I like that you did that in that song. Well, like I say, it's Baby's first dual perspective. But um, <laughs> other than that, like, me trying to get out of the mould. But I think that's all I can say for this week. Yeah, me too. Not really too much else to say. So we'll move on to the final week, which was last week. Cool, so moving on to week seven, which um, was uh, the last week of challenges, uh, last song written, and it was last week. So uh, just check the episode below this if you want to hear them. Uh, for you, it was Untitled Number 5, and for me, it was Reb and Barry, and this was the most difficult challenge. I am so sorry for thinking of this. <laughs> well, I said this last episode, but I took it too literally, so in a way, I've got myself to blame as well as you. <laughs> but... Um... As, as well as me. I'm not resolved to blame, it's just you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, should we explain quickly what it was again? Yeah, basically, the last week's challenge was to write a song with the same chords forwards as backwards, so that if you wrote down the chords of the song, uh, there would be a point in the middle where it would be, like, the middle chord, and then it would be identical each way. Yes. Um, which, uh, which, it was, like you said, the most difficult challenge, and um, but it was a nice way to close. At least that wasn't, like, it didn't get hard from there. Um, Just imagine doing this as the first week of the challenge. That would have been that would have been dreadful. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, like I say, between your song previous week, Redmond Barry, and Conceal, my two favourite songs are yours. Redmond Barry. I mean, if you haven't heard that song, people listening to this, go back and check out the last episode. Um, a sports commentator in another life, or whatever it's called. Um, listen to Redmond Barry. It's such a good song. It's just. I can't say enough good things about it. I'll leave it at that, anyway. Yeah, that, to be honest, that was probably... It's my shortest song, but it's also the one where I knew exactly what I wanted to do beforehand. Mm. Um, in terms of, like, it just goes up a chromatic scale and then all the way back down again. Because I just wanted to... I knew, right, okay, forwards and backwards, got to keep it simple, might as well just do that. I did put a couple of extra sections in there, but other than that, uh, it was just about trying to keep it the same backwards as forwards and not lose my mind while doing it right 
And then it was just coincidence that I happened to watch Barry Lyndon that week, so mm. that's where all the words came from. Well, I think you sell yourself a little short with that, with the chromatic thing. It's cool that you had a plan and that was the going up and the down, but you didn't just go C major, D sharp diminished, D minor. It was like you were doing, like, oh, those are the first three chords, but are they not? <laughs> I mean, I've probably got that wrong, but... It's C, it's C sharp diminished, D minor. But then from then on, you're using, like, really weird chords that just happen to have that next chromatic note in them, and, um, God, the melody just works so well with the chords, and then you finish on this final grand... Uh, resolution which is such a strange resolution um yeah it's an odd song very strange it, for you i must say that yeah like you know uh it is basically me just writing about a film i watched <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not writing about my reaction to a film i watched it is literally just about the film um that's uh <laughs> like it's um it is a bit of an old one, but then it, that sort of chromatic rising and descending technique is a technique I've used before. In mm. fact, I've used it in other songs in this run. Mm. Um, just because I know I can get these weird but interesting chord techniques out of it. So it's not anything really revolutionary. It's just like, you know, chords going up, chords going down. <laughs> that goes up, that goes, goes down. down. That goes up, that goes down. <laughs> um but it was a really cool one. It reminds me of something from... Um, have you ever heard the album Hunky Dory by David Bowie? Yes, you recommended it to me and I bought it on your recommendation while you were watching me buy it on your recommendation. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a terrible memory. Um, what do you call it? But it reminds me of something on that, something like um, something similar to like uh, Andy Warhol or more like Life on Mars, that sort of thing. Oh, that is grand praise. I do think Life on Mars has got one of the best chord sequences ever. But it's definitely got that same sort of grandeur and, like, strangeness to it. Like, because, like, when you played it, you know exactly what it's about because you've seen the film and you basically wrote a song about the film. But I was like, this is so moving. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's Kubrick, damn it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I, I, I think I kind of had my weakest song on title number five. Even the title, like, come on, Roger, be more creative than that. <laughs> you called your last one title number four. Um... <laughs> Well, I I do agree that it's maybe not the strongest out of your run, but that's not to say it's bad. Mm. Like it's got some really cool ideas in there, and like I like the fact that you took the whole playing backwards thing literally, and you constructed some of the chords backwards in each segment so that they both fall in really weird ways. So you've got these um, like really interesting like melodic things happening in each half and. Mm. Just as I know this is a bit of a meta perspective, but you know, I had a physical reaction during uh listening to your song for the first time mm. when you put the end of Winner's Circle in. Mm. So like if you ever put this on an album or something, Winner's Circle has to be at the start so you can do like that whole uh, like that's what you're gonna do with weekly songs twenty twenty nine to forty two. Yeah. Which will be a really cohesive listening experience, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it will be interesting to have that. Um However, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think what what I can kind of come to peace with about this song is like it's to me in my mind it's less of like a cool song that I'm going to use for other stuff and more of like a writing challenge that brought out some interesting things here and there in the song. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's um, I'm not really down on it. I'm making it sound like I'm really down on the song. It's okay. It's not bad, but it's uh, I like other ones in the in the 
previous series more. But but I do like the fact that you were constructing both ends backwards, as it were, so that they both sound slightly weird but slightly cool. Yeah, it's kind of weird how like the first three chords of the song are... I would never start a song like that usually, but it's just so that at the end it can go... And then you've got things in there that are designed... Like, I think the, the free close eyes thing, which is designed backwards so that when it goes the other way, it sounds weird and everything. Yeah, so you got, like, that... The first part that you just said was... With three closed eyes, I felt inside like I was drowning. And then the other part's, like, um... Um... Wait, what was it? This is difficulty of doing a song backwards. Oh, shit. Go and listen to the episode. That's Go and listen to the episode. Yeah, it's on there, and it's really cool, like how it sort of subverts itself. But you really have to like put your mind backwards to kind of think of what that would be back. Well, I know what it would be backwards, but I can't think of what the lyrics were as well. That's the thing, like you said earlier, we do these things like so much a week at a time, like, and then once you're done, the podcast is out. You think, okay, I'm forgetting that song for a little while, and then you you move on to the next stressful week. The next stressful <laughs> week. The next. Uh, the next pain. That will lead to my inevitable heart failure. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen. As well as assault. Um, but it was, like, it's definitely a challenge to end on the backwards and forwards thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh God, if we'd started with that, I don't think we would have continued with the challenges. <laughs> no, I agree. It, if anything, it's really nice that we started on just writing. Like, that's enough of a challenge to start off a series with. Just we wrote a song. And then, obviously, I'm just reiterating what we've said before, but then we, then our friend Dave gave us the challenge and uh, to, to include challenges each week. Um, and then by the end, we're reversing chords that play the for, same forward and backwards. So we definitely progressed through the challenges, which is kind of nice, instead of going the other way around. Yeah. But it's kind of... Uh, we both have very consistent runs. I think it's just nice that we started off quite strongly as well. Mm. Like, um, like definitely your first two songs are absolutely amazing and GTFO is quite cool and then Conceal is kind of cool as well. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, like, I don't think you could honestly hand on heart say any of, any of these songs are bad. Mm. Which I know in past runs, like, I've had songs that I wanted to disown almost immediately. Yeah, I remember this time, last run, you were you had your doubts about some of your songs and you were going, some of them could be stronger. Because it took me a while to get into it. Uh, last couple of times I tended to write this block at the start of doing these mm. and so to have something nice and strong out the gate just is a nice positive mindset which enables you to sort of keep going good for morale isn't it personal yeah. morale but um, I'm looking at your list right now and like it's not just being nice but there's no point where it kind of dips and goes a bit below the quality like it's all just just good quality songs all the way through for you. I would I would say the same. I know I've said like Untitled Number Five isn't as strong as the others, but mm. it is still a really cool song. Yeah. Uh, so like you've had a very consistent run as well. Like, uh, I'm just glad it's been a good series. It has, hasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. um, and our guest songs obviously really good. Yeah, as always. As always, the guest songs are always really good. They always show us up. Yeah. Funny <laughs> <Bloody> guests. <laughs> Just us just like, oh, look at us, we're artists. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is the seven weeks. Is um, there any thoughts that you would have over the whole seven weeks then, now that we've done it week by week? Well, we kind of touched on a couple of these things, but I think I touched on the same lyric, lyrical ground quite often. Yeah, we both did, I think. Mm. 
But that, in a way, that in itself is quite nice, the fact that we shared quite a lot of the same lyrical uh, themes. And it's not to say that songs with all the same lyrical theme are necessarily bad things, just as long as you keep approaching it from different angles. I mean, look at something like Rumours, for example. Mm. That's an album all about the breakup of two couples. But, uh, you know, that's literally all the album is about. Right. But it is one of the best-selling albums of all time. Yeah. You know, and there is a reason for it. It's because all the songs are good and they are all different from each other. They're just attacking the same topic from a different perspective and it gives them a continuity. So mm. it's not to say that writing for the same subject every week is bad. It's just bad if you keep attacking it from the same angle, which is what we were both trying to subvert, I think, towards the end of the run. Yeah. Trying to find new ways to talk about things. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um the other thing that stands out to me is that next time I'd like to write more simply because I think when I have simpler choruses, my melodies are much stronger. Um, having said that, we've had these challenges this time, so it's going to subvert that. And that was the, like we said, that was the point of the challenges to get us out of that comfort zone. Having said that, as well as learning from these challenges, the strengths of getting out of your comfort zone, you also realise that there's certain things within your current repertoire that work to your favour. So yeah. I want to kind of um, capitalise on those next time for sure. Yeah, it's it just helps you realise what you're good at, what you're not so good at, and what you could really... It's like the two stars on the wish thing that they have in schools now, like uh, two things you're really good at and where you might improve. Is that called two stars on a wish, is it? They call that that now, instead of saying two Ugh. good things and you're fucked up. It's called a shit sandwich where I come from. Ha <laughs> 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 <That's> really funny. <laughs> <laughs> ha! What would you change uh, next time? Like, what would you like to try differently? What ideas would you like to incorporate in the next series? Um, I don't know, actually. Like, um, I do want to sit down one week and just write a three-chord song. Because mm. I've had some simpler songs this run, but all of them have weird transitions. and they have. I think the closest I've had to a three-chord song is the only ones, and that's probably my least favourite of the run. Mm. Uh, whereas all the others have like semi-tonal movement and they have uh, and they have like weird riffs and everything they're in complicated timings I do just want to sit down one week and write with D, G and A and get a decent song out of that mm, definitely uh, not to say that I don't like doing complicated stuff you know I love doing complicated stuff my favourite band is Queen of course I love complicated stuff but um, it you know it does like you do sit there and think, right, I can use the semitonal going up and down a scale trick again. Yeah. Uh, or like, um, you know, oh, I can do this, which sounds like me, but I've done it a million times before. Yeah, it's funny how even, like, the, the more quote-unquote complex stuff becomes cliché after some time as well. Yeah, I think that's probably the weakest point of um, songs like GTFO, is, like, the chorus is very much just the ascending semitonal thing that I do all the time. But there is a certain point where, like, you know that much more than anyone else. I do the podcast with you, so I see you write these songs as well. well I see you perform these songs on a regular basis at open mics and stuff. And I can't always tell your tricks you're using. I think you know them because you use them. I suppose, like, everyone's their own harshest critic, isn't it? Because mm. they know exactly where the cheats are, what they're proud of, what they're not so proud of and everything. And, mm. like, where, where it's taken a lot of effort and where it's come easy as pie. 
Well, it's like it's like with guitar playing as well. Like um, before we start the podcast, we were having a jam on our acoustic <coughs> guitars, and like after we finished, you were like, "It was cool that you were doing that particular thing or whatever it was." And in my mind, I was like, "No, it's not," because like I'm so used to that's just cheating. In my in my mind, I'm just kind of doing pull offs or whatever it was. And the same with songwriting. Like people might go, "Oh, wow, it's cool that you did that chord change." I'm like, "What do you mean the tone up chord uh, modulation that yeah, I always I do. do?" Yeah, I do that every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that we're both thinking, like, go maybe a little simpler. Which yeah. we said last time, I think, as well, and it didn't work. <laughs> well, it's true, but I don't think after this series we could go much more complex. Yeah, I think we've hit maybe our peak of complexity for the time being. It'd be nice just to write some songs again. Yeah, definitely. Just regular, because I think we haven't actually properly said this, but next series is probably just going to be no challenges. Yeah, we may bring the challenges back for like the series after that, or maybe the subsequent series. But um, mm. like it's it it's too much to do on a week by week basis, and we were already repeating challenges within this run. So I think mm. if we did this again, I think we'd have to sit down and plan what we were going to do over the six or seven weeks. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. So we don't end up with like two include this line challenges or two, uh, you know, include the series of note challenges. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, next one, next one will be easier. Yeah, a lot easier and nicer. Hmm. Yeah, but I think that sums up most of my thoughts on the run. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's been a good run. I've enjoyed it. It's been a strong run. Yeah, exactly. Pleasant run. I would say that. Morning run. I don't do those. <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> you used to. I used to. Oh, God. I should again, really. All right. Shall we move on to dissecting uh, other songs that we have brought in from the past? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Cool. I believe I went first last time, so it's up to you to start this time. Okay, cool. Um, I'm just going to go up to the piano, and then I will play a song from the past. Okay, so I'm over at the piano, and this song is called It's the Least I Could Do. <gasps> I fucking love this song! Oh, Sorry, um, I mean... Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I do really love the song. It's one of my favourites of yours. Thank you. Um, it's a hard one to sing, and when I wrote it, I could sing higher notes than I can now, so... Um, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes.
myself, yeah Now it's easier to offer myself Light the island we need Our state harbor to Like I say, that is one of my favourite songs of yours. Thank you. That's it's just such a beautiful little composition. Like um, I love like there's like all these little weird things that sort of just but you were slightly uneasy, but then they're resolved and they sort of like help to like build this sense of like uh, like even simple little things like it's uh, pass it on to somebody new. Yeah, that's a is, weird bit, isn't it? Yeah, or like the fact that there's at least. I think four distinct sections in like I think it's under two minutes that song isn't it? Mm, yeah it's a short one but it's such a beautifully constructed song thank you I'm really glad you like it it's um sorry I'm just gonna turn into you the fanboy now <laughs> I know I joke about this all the time but Roger does these podcasts basically sat across from his biggest fan which is very very flattering and the feeling is mutual hooray <laughs> but um yeah this is a weird one because it's um we were just talking about how we'd like to make our songs a little simpler in the next series. This is an example of one that I feel is, like, me at my most comfortable writing. Having said that, it's got some things in it that aren't so comfortable. Like, for example, um, what you just said about having... And instead of resolving to C, I go... B major, C. Which is just kind of a bit... A bit of, like, a wink, you know what I mean? Just like a... Well, I can do proper songwriting <laughs> stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like a... I like to put... I wouldn't even call it humour, but it's just kind of this, like, you, know, you didn't expect that sort of thing, you know? But you can't do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I suppose, but just kind of like a funny little moment, um, like, musically. Um, uh, let me think, so... Kind of also happens in the... Now it's easier to offer myself... Like, the chords on that, but it's not conventional songwriting chords. No. If I'm correct in saying. No, you're, you're quite right, um... And then there's um, there's the move to going up to D major. It didn't, didn't happen tonight. Um, I've been under spells all of my life, so I can. T I love how that just that's a new section, but that resolves to the top of the previous section, as it were, like the emotional high of the previous bit. I think it's really cool. Well, it, it was one of those songs that just came so nice and easy. It's you know, lovely when that happens, isn't it? It just seemed to. Happen. It didn't happen till now. Been on the spells all of my life, so I can. That's a beautiful line as well. Like, I think this is probably one of your strongest songs lyrically. Thank you. I was. That's the main thing I can really talk about with this song, because other than that, it's quite like it's a C major, John Lennon tempo ballad sort of thing. Um, and uh, so lyrically, let me just kind of think about. It. I haven't really planned anything to say, but. Uh, lyrics. I've kind of never spoken about this song lyrically before. This was one of your first weekly songs, wasn't it? Weekly song number five, before we started doing this podcast. Like, two runs for you before we started broadcasting this. Yeah. And one run for me before. Like, I wasn't even part of doing weekly songs at this point. This was around the time we first met. Really? Yeah, I was going to say, this is like two weeks or so after I first met you. Yeah. And this is such a beautiful song. Like, it's... Uh... Thank you. 
Um, Sorry, I got in the way. Uh, no, no, you you're, were talking you're about what it's fine. about. No, I, I mean, am I going to stop you complimenting me? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much of an egotist for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, the song is about um, somebody being unfaithful to you, and uh, which happened to me um, back at the time. And um, but kind of being in a relationship that wasn't defined by a label, and then still being heartbroken when somebody cheats on you. Um, so I, it's basically saying, although we weren't together properly, labeled boyfriend girlfriend, um, you still really hurt me by being with somebody else. So it's a sad song. Mm. Um, so essentially, it starts out with me in bed with this person, like a limp paper bag. I lay down next to you. Yeah. And instead of having intimacy, I'm just this thing in the bed. It's really sad now I think about it. I'm just, yeah. I'm just this limp thing in the bed. And um, I lay down next to you. Um, and then you pass me on to somebody new. Is this just how relationships go? I'm wondering. Because this is like one of my first ever proper relationships. And I, mm. I was like a late bloomer. I was like 22, 23 or something. And um, is this just how it goes? You pass some, whoever you're with on to somebody new and then you're with somebody new. And then I got carried away, as in, like, this relationship doesn't have a label to it, but I'm so enamoured that I want it to be, like, a full relationship, even though I probably just deluded myself and rejected that onto the situation. And then there is a reference to uh, Prometheus stealing fire from the gods. Um, you ever heard that thing before? Uh, Prometheus stole fire from the gods, so he was punished by having crows peck out his innards for eternity. Yeah, yeah. so it references that. And maybe they've stolen our fire, um, i.e. our love, and um, passed it on to somebody new. Again, that, like you said before, even at even the D major part, it comes back around to the to that bit, passing it on to somebody new. Um, obviously, you know, the uh, breach of trust in the relationship. <clears throat> and then I've been under spells on my life, um, basically saying, this relationship has come so late in my life that... Um, I haven't ever experienced this before, um, so I kind of, I felt like I knew this was going to be something good, and then obviously the different colours we choose makes me feel like somebody new, uh, which is basically, um, tell me if I go on a bit too long with this stuff. Oh, no, 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 it's really interesting. Um, just annotating line by line, I suppose, at this point. Um, when you're with someone, uh, be it you know, romantic or a friendship or with a family member, you take on some of their personality traits. Like, I heard something recently, like, you take on um, the traits of the five people closest to you in your life at the time. Um, wh whether that has any truth to it or not is up for debate, but I think definitely when you're in a relationship, you kind of... You pick up some of their traits and they pick up some of yours. So the different colours we choose... You end up changing each other. Exactly. For better or worse. For better or worse. And then you're both different hues. Um, or colours, using that as the uh, metaphor there. Um, and now let me think. Uh, I started out with the best intentions. And now it's easier to offer myself. Yeah. I like That's kind of, like, seems a bit optimistic for me, though. Like, you've had this happen, but, like, after going through this, you now find it easier to offer yourself up for more experiences. That's what I've always got from it, though. You, um, you nail on the head, yeah. Basically, like, I was always... and. I think I'm a little bit past this now, but I, I was always quite afraid of intimacy. You know, I think everybody suffers from that. You have to yeah. look inside and see your innermost stuff and let somebody else peer in and see that same stuff. And you've got to be completely honest about it as well. Yeah, and that's hard. And I, I struggled yeah. with that for a long time. So um, with this relationship, although it didn't work out in the end, um, 
I started out with the best intentions, and even though this ended badly, next time with someone, I know how to do a relationship, I think, now. At least more than I did before. That's basically that line. And then at the end, um, I'm saying to this person, although this hasn't gone the best way, like, we're still close, and I will stay harboured to you, as in I will be friends with you. Mm. And it's the least I could do. Well, the least I could do is absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do love that one. That is such a beautiful little song. Thank you. And uh, like I say, it is absolutely one of my favourites. And I just love like there are little tricks in there that sort of take it apart from just being a C major uh, like run around. Like you've got the D major on. It didn't happen tonight. You've got the A flat, B flat, C thing happening occasionally in there on mm. your whims. And um, you've got like the B major to C major movement and things. It's just beautiful little composition. Thank you. And if you want to hear like um, your mastered version of it, you can uh, find it on Winter Tape Four. Am I correct? Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Which, if you go onto his Bandcamp, is it free or is it? Uh, uh, is it like a quid or something? It's like a couple of quid or something. Yeah, yeah. but it's like a twelve-track album. Yeah, it's like a full-on uh, proper album, but it encompasses a little bit of everything you like. Yeah, it's it's a weird one though because that album is like if somebody hears that song, you go, oh cool, well, I'll check it out, and then like the first song you hear is like. Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of a weird one. Well, it's kind of got a mixture of like uh, your more experimental side, your uh, hip hop stuff. Uh, you've got some beautiful ballads on there, like Ladder to the Sky and everything. Mm. Uh, Long Cruel Day, which you did with um, Joe. Joe from Pea mm. Green Bow. Yeah. Which is a beautiful little song. I've told you yeah, before, it's a sweet like. song, isn't it? I told you how before, like, um, that came on my uh, phone on shuffle. <laughs> And I thought, this is really cool. I've, I don't think I've heard this song. I think I may have like, heard it once before. Who is it? It's Roger. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, it's Roger. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that, that, that was a good one. It reminds me of a, definitely of a specific period in my life, um, which was when I was working in Truro and when I first met you, because we, we've told the story before, we met at Casbar and every week I'd come along and play my new weekly songs before it was a podcast or before you were involved or anything. Yeah, you just started off doing... I think the intention initially was you were going to do this once a week for a continuous period, but then you had to stop at seven because of commitments and things. Mm. But then that's worked out to be quite a nice little number for us. It is, yeah. Seven days in the week, seven songs, that sort of thing. Because much as we would love to do this every week, we do have like lives to lead and we do have things mm. to do. And doing this challenge does rob us of a lot of free time. It does. And while it's nice, it's also like, like you said earlier, like I personally started this challenge to get like songs for EPs and albums. And this does take up so much free time that I don't actually have time to mix the albums that these songs are part of. So it's nice yeah. to have like that down period where I can like put together albums and stuff. It kind of reminds me of that thing like uh, Prince, um, I think, said once in an interview, like, um, I'm writing so many songs, I've written like two more albums, but they're still mastering that album I did ages ago. <laughs> right. But I'm already way beyond that. So when that gets released, I'm writing like three albums ahead. I've never heard that. That's very cool. I'm very <clears throat> him as well. Something like that. Because he said he wanted to write like a song, I think, every day um, after the 90s, didn't he? Something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like how you're telling me Prince facts. Like, Well, there was a documentary about Prince on the BBC a while back. It was quite a good one. I don't know how accurate it was, but... Um, oh, you have to send me the link to that. That sounds good. Yeah, if it's still on there, I'll show it to you. If it's on iPlayer or something. Probably. But, um, yeah, but, I mean, that's pretty much all I could think to say. Apart from the fact that... This just popped in my head. 
Um, this was semitonal movement before you told me the phrase semitonal movement because obviously I didn't really know you at the time. But Is you, it on that bit? Yeah, on those bits. And then obviously, um, these different colours with two. Went too high there. <laughs> I was going to say, when you said at the start of this, I couldn't sing those high notes like I used to. It's like, dude, Roger, you, you can still do it. You've sung higher since. Fireworks uh, night comes to mind. <laughs> oh, that's another thing as well, is the reason... This is my last thing, and we'll move on um, in a sec, but uh, the reason the melody's kind of strange in the verses is because it's so similar in my mind to um, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. So, like, not the same chords exactly, but, like... Would it be the same If I saw you in heaven Do you know that song? Uh, I've heard it, like, once or twice in the past. I don't link the two together, to be honest. Like, oh, okay. One didn't remind me of the other, but I have heard It's the Least I Could Do much more than I've heard Tears in Heaven. Yes! That's my goal. <laughs> yeah, one person on the planet has heard that song more than Eric Clapton. <laughs> but I don't link them. I do like that sort of like um, uh, the uh, ornaments you put on the end of your vocal lines. So like, um, mm. it's really nice tool for showing off what you can do vocally. Mm. It's, um, but it doesn't yeah. feel too intrusive. It, it felt like I mean, often with my writing, like I don't tend to show off anything, but. That sound felt like kind of necessary in a way, because um, otherwise it would be kind of like like a little paper bag. I lay down next to you. Yeah, it feels it a bit more clunky straight. just doing that. Whereas you, it's almost like Indian, like like putting loads of movement in there. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. you know, you know how Indian vocalists uh, tend to put a lot of movement between their phrases. Mm. That's what it makes me think of. Okay, ah, that sort of stuff, like really, yeah. yeah like I know where, what you mean, where, yeah. They're, where they're going all over the place to like uh, put ornaments on their melodies. Mm. Well, that's that's it's the least I could do with <laughs> Indian orna ornamentation. And uh, I want to know what your song is. What are you going to take apart? Uh, my song is not as cool as yours. Uh, it's another weekly song, oddly enough, from when I first started doing them. Ooh. It's weekly song number two. It's called Memories, which is one of my... Oh, cool. I like this song. One of my favourite songs that I can't actually perform properly. And now to perform Memories. <laughs> Don't click it, you know. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one second. I'm just going to tune up a two. Cool. Right. Okay, uh, just a quick note to start off beforehand. I'm tuned to C-sharp standard. Because there is a bit in the chorus. Basically, I wrote this in standard tuning, and then when it came to writing the melody, I actually realised I wrote a melody that I physically cannot sing. Mm. Like, my top note is uh, the open E of a top guitar. Like, that's my top note, and the top note I need for this song is a G. Okay. Which I can't actually hit properly. So um, I've had to tune the guitar down three semitones to do it. Mm -hmm. It's a song called Memories, and I may need a couple of goes at this, but it goes like this. I need a savior. 
I could sing that properly in standard tuning, but it just takes too long to retune every time at open mic, so I don't tend to perform it as much as I want to. Yeah, I have the same thing with detuning as well, but with that song, um, a couple of things really stand out to me. First of all, the chorus has got like one of those catchy melodies. It's uh, not very difficult, it's just... Uh... <laughs> but then it doesn't have to be difficult. I mean, think of all the catchy songs that we both enjoy. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but also the um, 
it's very you in a couple of ways. Um, one way is that the verse and the chorus have very different feels, especially when you're kind of um, singing the last uh, line of the chorus, memory, do, 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 and then do, 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 and then that riff is the other thing I was going to say. Really, it could just be strummed chord, which is what I do, simply, but then you kind of got it so every um, eighth of that is, like, picked. It's probably the most stupid way of putting it, but... Yeah, uh, basically it's like... That's just the key notes of the melody picked out, but that's how I wrote the song, basically. I just mm. had that first. Like, I was trying to do, like... I had in my head, try and write a Foo Fighters song. Mm, which, okay. Which is where a lot of this all comes from. So I was trying to write... Leaving the B and E ringing as much as I can. Mm. And then I worked out that you can do a really cool melody just by picking certain strings. Like... Which um, just helps give it a bit more identity uh, instead of just like being another strummy, strummy thing. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so, which Foo Fighters song was this influenced by? It feels like In Your Honor era to me. Uh, it wasn't influenced by any of them in particular. It was just okay. like trying to write a Foo Fighters style song. Yeah. Which is why it goes to those big like G and D chords for the chorus. Mm. Like the chords for the verses are B minor, A and E. Mm. Then it just goes to G, D, and E for the chorus. Memories keeping this frame alive. Which, uh, just keeping all the chords major is kind of, in a chorus for Foos, tends to be a thing they sometimes do. Yeah. And it helps give the chorus a really different feel, and it makes it uh, feel much bigger than the preceding verse section. I think you've told me once before, like, there's a Dave Grohl quote where he says best thing you can do for a song is try and write the biggest chorus you can and then write something bigger for the actual chorus. <laughs> I don't remember telling you that, but I remember hearing the quote. There's some, something yeah. along those lines, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was I going to say also, um, this is kind of an unusual one for, for you because there's no modulation. Is that right or am I mishearing it? Uh, there's no modulation, but this is back when I didn't do modulation at all and I still ah, try... Oh, of course. I still try not to. Like, I only modulate on certain things where it's not obvious because mm. you know the thing I dread doing is like the uh, truck driver's gear change like when you're just going on and you've run out of things to do so here we go <laughs> run out of change again because you know that just implies that your song should have ended because you haven't got enough ideas mm. Mm. but um no, I don't try and write modulation anyway. Right, right, okay. It's uh, funny though, because like with all these challenges, I've almost started to probably quite wrongly identify your songwriting with like complex chord changes and modulations and time changes, but that's more like the constraints of the challenges we've had more than anything else. It's also just something I've started doing um, just subconsciously to get the chorus sounding different. Mm. Like this goes outside the remit of the chords you're permitted to use essentially if you were sticking to a scale because B minor A E that implies you're in A major so the first chord you hit on the chorus is a G which is outside the realm of the chords anyway that's true actually yeah I suppose like sometimes I confuse like modulation with well, actually no I don't really um, but with with just using chords outside of the scale yeah pretty much 
Yeah, it's it's there is a line to be drawn between the two, and I'm not sure where. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, it's not really a lot else apart from that song musically, other than the uh, bridge bit, mm. which uh, is almost a rip from Steve McQueen by uh, yeah. the Automatic, because uh, it includes that sort of like a. Just chasing, just chasing, just chasing my tail. That sort of same rhythm as uh, your memories in my head. Little words, things you say. Uh, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. I thought, I'd, right, I can't do that for four. Mm. So I ended up trying to put the words between your memories stay in my head or whatever it is. But that's kind of cool because like, when you first started playing that, that bridge part, it was very much... Da, da, da. Da, da, da. And then you, like you said, you do change it, so it has some variety there. Yeah. And I can almost picture that being like a Dave Grohl esque sort of like building to a climax type of part, you know? Yeah. Again, like me trying to write a Foo Fighters song, I nicked that from Automatic, but it's also a it's a technique that everybody used. Mm. I just nicked it specifically from that song, Naughty Declan. Um, <laughs> so but, what? A, sorry, go on. What was you gonna say? I was gonna say, how about lyrically? Because like the lyrics in these songs, they're quite like emotive and uh, like kind of what? Where do they come from, basically? Where it comes from is basically there was an incident uh, where I got quite drunk, ah, like very, very drunk, and I came home, and there was someone I used to like at university, and they'd moved back to America. Mm. And um, I sent them a message when I was in my drunken state saying, hey, I know we never did anything, but I always kind of got the feeling that you like me. And, you know, if it's any consolation, I like you. And just like all this drunken weirdness came out. I am such a horrible human being. To be fair, they took it really, really well. It's quite sweet. It's not like you were saying anything bad. Yeah, but they were, you know, they were nice about it the next day and everything. Mm. And it... Because that had been playing on my mind for, like, a couple of months. Mm. And so um, once uh, uh, they sent that message back, A, I realised what a massive fool I'd been, and, you know, know, what a stupid thing I'd done. Mm. But it also said, right, okay, that's cleared. You know, I can move on now. But there was that feeling beforehand. So that's what the song's about, basically. It's about not being able to move on from something, even though it's purely imagined on my part like you know like I say nothing ever happened but you know I always felt that something could have happened yeah so it's like a projection almost yes which is why I was saying earlier about like a it's an exacerbation of a situation that existed in my head Mm. that's a lovely line really it's got a nice rhythm to it actually (laughs) sounds like a rap but like um once I had that initial idea I thought okay what's some nice imagery that I can use like um like a, a lasting symbol wedged on my skin like implies that, you know, I got a tattoo of them. I mm. don't. I don't have any tattoos, much to my shame. Um, but it's just a nice line that developed that point in the song. So it stopped being about me and started becoming about a character. Right, yeah. Uh, that had more or less the same experience of me but moved further on than I did. Um, uh, and then the chorus just basically just speaks for itself. Yeah. Uh, memory is all I've got tonight. Uh, memory is stopping my new start your memory is a burden on my heart mm. like it's just not being able to move past the memory of someone mm. do you find that 
as a songwriter, you tend to do that thing quite often where you will project a certain imagined image onto a situation. Because I know I do. I have done in the past. I'm trying my best not to do it as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it works. And like I said, I do like this song. And if I get into band scenarios, it's one of the first songs I tend to suggest doing. Mm. Because um, it's relatively easy chords, it's just a big rocker, and I like the melody and I like the words. Mm. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think I'd write it today. No, I, I, w I couldn't see you doing that, actually. I remember, because obviously, like you said at the beginning, before you played, just, or after you played song, I can't remember, um, this was in the period where I was releasing my weekly songs on SoundCloud, where you didn't have a podcast, and then you started writing weekly as well, but yeah. just kind of sending me like video or audio of your songs. Yeah, I was sending you video on uh, private videos on YouTube about all of these. Yeah, and uh, but the reason I say that is because um, that was definitely in a different era of your writing to what you're writing like now. Yeah. And um, it's just interesting to see how how your writing has changed over that time, don't you think? Yeah, well, it's it's the same thing if you look back, however far you've been writing, you look back mm. at. Like you know, like when I listened to your skeletons EP, I thought this oh, can't wow. be. Yeah, I thought this can't be Roger. Like it's not complex enough. It's not like weird enough and everything. It's, but you know, you were younger then, and I was younger. I wasn't that much younger then. It's like mm. maybe a year or two at most. Must uh, be about two years at this point, wasn't it? Getting close. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it is strange how we how we change. Isn't it strange how time makes your appearance change? <laughs> Make it stop! <laughs> it's out of my hands, I'm only a clock. Um, yeah, but no, it is... Oh, and like I say, like there are songs that we like from the past of ourselves that we've written that we would suggest for future projects, but at the same time, they're rare and limited in number, and this is one of the few examples where I would quite wholeheartedly say to someone, can you sing this and play this? Mm. Uh, well, I just fiddle off with the guitar in the corner for about five minutes. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to something from around the same period, like the song Poser, which I was right. never happy with. Yeah. But I would never suggest that to do with anyone now. Yeah. Just because I'm not happy with it at all. And I, you know, I don't think it stands up uh, to my critical standards, whereas this one is just kind of... It, it does, long story short. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But it, it is nice because for me, they're rare as well, those those old ones. Like, I'd love to kind of see you with a band playing this song. I mean, it's the long and short of it. It would be really cool because there's something nice about an old song that makes it all the way to a current project or a future project. Yeah, like, essentially, I have less avenues than you to get these songs out into the world, so mm. I have a massive backlog. But older songs in that backlog tend to fall out quite quickly. Mm. Whereas there are a few, like um, Bring the Light to Me and this one, mm. which tend to stay in there. What do you think makes this song stronger, in your opinion, than the other ones from that era? Um, I like the words more. Much as I wouldn't mm -hmm. write them now, I do like the words, and I do think it's... Again, not to sound pretentious, but it is kind of like something a lot of people can have had similar experiences of. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, like, particularly after you stop seeing someone, like, you know, your thoughts are, for a while, just purely dominated by the person you were just with. Yeah. So, like, you you either try and push them out and move on too quickly, or you wallow in them and you just get blocked off from moving on anyway. Yeah. So, um, 
But I, other than that, I just really like the riff and I really like the chords and I like the words. Yeah. And I want to do a big 10-minute guitar solo in the middle of it. <laughs> I, it was funny, that throwback when you, when you were playing and you went, guitar solo! I was like, it's been a while since I've heard you say that over a, over a song you've written. That I used just, to happen a lot. I just don't... Um, I don't uh, say when they're meant to be anymore. They're still in there in my head, but I just cut them out because it doesn't make for good radio, essentially. Mm. But that one is kind of structurally required to do it so that you can get into the, um, uh, the bridge bit. Oh yeah, I suppose it is actually, thinking about it. Because it goes from G to A to B minor. Your image in my head. Which you can't just do a riff and then into that bit. Mm. Well, you can, but it wouldn't sound as good to me. Um, one other thing I was thinking is, um, you're in like C drop C sharp now, aren't you? Uh, C sharp standard. C sharp standard. So when you first wrote the song and recorded it and sent the video to me, was it in standard or was it in C sharp standard? It was in C sharp standard. I was intending to um, put it back up to... Uh, change it up three semitones so you would have the actual uh, recording sound. Hang on one second. I was intending to shift the audio up three semitones so it would sound like it would on a regular tuned guitar, mm. which it would be in this key. can't reach those notes okay but it would be more in that field of it falls there as opposed to um being free down okay it's always interesting to kind of see what the intention was as opposed to the execution because i know with with mines as well the um the two are quite disparate sometimes. What I intended for a song to be like, what it actually turns out like, and what I what changes I have to make is all part of the process, and it's interesting. Hmm. Like, uh, it doesn't help that I don't have the greatest range in the universe. Like I say, my top note is anything above that is just beyond me. So I have to mm -hmm. write quite low down songs, <laughs> like bassy tenor songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you could think to say about the song at all? That's about it. I think. Memories are keeping this flame alive. alive. Memories are all that I've got tonight. But I do just want uh, so many of us, even like one from this run, Momentum, where I have to sing it an octave below. I do just want a good, powerful singer to uh, mm. just sing it up in those proper ranges where I can't. Yeah. One day. <laughs> One day, hopefully, fairly soon. Fingers crossed. Toes crossed. Everything crossed. Right, I think that's about it for this run of the weekly song podcast. Thank you very much for listening if you've been uh, tuning in for the past eight weeks. Um, it's been lovely having you here. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can uh, email us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Mm hmm uh, you can leave a comment on the SoundCloud or a review on iTunes, uh, which would be massively appreciated. Um, they can find Roger Heathers at... RogerHeathers.com Which links to your website and your band camp. That's correct. They can also find you on your SoundCloud profile, which is probably in our favourites on this channel. That's right, yeah. And, and the same thing goes for me as well. My channel is on there as well. Absolutely. Um we don't know exactly when we're going to be back yet, but hopefully, I'd say around Christmas period, we should be getting at least something out. 
something. Maybe maybe a teaser for you. You'll definitely know when the episodes proper are coming back because there will be a teaser um, beforehand. And maybe like a Christmas special a week before or something. Yeah. Fingers crossed, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like we said, we are planning a move, so this all depends on that. Like, everything's a bit up in the air at the minute. Yeah, we'll keep it loose, and but also we'll keep you informed. Yeah, you, you'll know, uh, if you keep subscribed to this channel, or uh, you will know when we're coming back. Absolutely. We look forward to seeing you again with simpler songs. S- fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh, see you in the future, then. Ta-ra. See you in the future. Ta-ra.